Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Now entering the game for Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chesco. It's Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA, and the Edge of Philly Sports Network. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. And Chet, Super Bowl 57 is in the rearview mirror. There's so much to talk about as the 2023 season has already started with the loss of both coordinators. Pitchers and catchers opened up spring training today in beautiful Clearwater. It was only 86 today, Chet. The Sixers have won 7 of 10, but have fallen into third place in the East. The Bucks have won 10 in a row now. And the Flyers have lost 6 of 8, 5 of those 6 being by one goal. Uh, as always, there's plenty to talk about in Philly sports. And we're going to get to all of that, Bill, uh, over the next hour. We are excited about pitchers and catchers reporting for duty in Florida. But as everyone might expect, you know, we're going to spend much of the hour talking about that disappointing second half of Super Bowl 57. We're still trying to get over that disappointment. And today would have been a beautiful day in the Philly area for a parade. It was just you know, lovely, 62 <laughs> degrees, partly sunny. But, oh, well, you can't always get what you want, Bill. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we, we've got great guests tonight to talk about all this. In Delco Times, Bob Groats is going to join us, and then we have first-timers Fat Mez, Dom Levy, and Billy Thoden going to join us. But, uh, you know, Chet, I, I tell you what, I, I'm going to say this one thing before we get started with Bob. Uh, there seems a lot of people in Philly, you know me, I'm not a moral victory guy. There's a lot of people thinking, oh, we had a great season, we did this, we did that. They blew a 10-point halftime lead. There shouldn't be a lot of happiness in what happened to the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Yeah, we will talk about that, whether it was, a, you know, a, a successful season or not. We touched on it a couple of weeks ago. We'll talk about it again. Speaking of disappointment, Bill, we got the news that uh, we lost this lady today, Raquel Welch. I had her poster on my room uh, bedroom wall when I was a teenager. I Who, didn't? Proud of that. <laughs> Who didn't? Who <laughs> didn't? Yeah, Raise yeah. your hand in the comment section yeah. if you did not have her poster uh, on your wall. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's let's get to it. Let's welcome Duff yeah. Times Bob Groats back to Philly Press Box Radio. Bob, welcome. I'm thinking you had a poster too. Oh, hey, I, I still got it. Something <laughs> in the room now. Yeah. Right. What's I up, Hi, Chet. Good to see hey, you guys. Bob. Yeah, I actually do still have the poster rolled up in my garage just in case I want to look at it again someday. So how rest in was, peace, Raquel. Yeah, how old 82. was she? 82. 82. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well. Didn't look like um, it. Yeah. Let's talk football. Get our mind off of that and talk football. It was a memorable season. Didn't end quite the way that we wanted it to. Uh, a 10-minute or 10-point halftime lead for the Eagles. Then the Chiefs had four second-half drives and scored on all of them. We like to place blame on people as Philadelphia sports fans. What the hell happened in that second half? Yeah, they didn't get a stop. Not one stop. That That's the first time all season. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of funny to me because um, people want to blame the referee for that, you know. <laughs> Two plays before that, Mahomes on one leg took off for like 28, 26 yards. I mean, you got to make a play at some point. And uh, I, I think Andy Reid just really, 
his play calling down there, I mean, it was expert. It was almost like he had plays ready for just the last drive, you know? And, yeah. um, and, and also, you know, that, that uh, what do they, they call it? Their, uh, their, oh, the, the chapel or church mode, that last yeah. minute, you know, they practice yeah. that where the guy takes a knee right at the goal line and then they burn the rest of the clock. I, and we all, I, I know you guys, well, if you're like me, I mean, I remember asking him every week, what, why did you call this timeout then? Or, you know, why did you let that much time go off the clock? That was textbook. And um, so, yeah, Andy Reid just, you know, really outcoached uh, Nick. Mm -hmm. and, and Nick did a good job. They were up at, at the half. But that, uh, that aggressive, that dog mentality, it just, I don't know why, for example, at the beginning of the second half, they didn't throw a, a, at least a few blitzes, try some different things and see how hurt Mahomes was. Um, I don't even know. And part of that, guys, I wonder about Mahomes too. I wonder, I wonder if, you know, that that deal he went through at the end of the first half. Yeah, he got tackled, but it it, it seemed to me like he really overdid it. And Rick Burkholder, <laughs> the, the former Eagles trainer, is over there, and he's like, "Man, you know, not not not, not that bad, you know, just I, I you know, it, they everything was calculated on their on their part. So I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened. He did not look like he was hurt in the third quarter. And he did not look like he was hurt on that uh, that scramble late in the game that set up the winning field goal. Yeah. You know, I, I was going to start out with the exact same thing, Bob. I, I thought Andy Reid called the best game I've ever seen him call at, at any point. He took the defensive line out of the game with his quick, mostly quick release, never threw the ball downfield, never threw anything risky. Um, and then his offensive line took over a bit. And, uh, you know, Gannon's getting the, the blame, but I'm with you. Somewhere along the line, somebody had to make a play. Yeah, someone had to get aggressive there. And uh, and Gannon, that first half was, I mean, that was powerful, what what they did there. And uh, and now he's, he's the head coach of the Cardinals. And uh, I, I don't think he had a bad game, but because, uh, you, you know, your guys got to get that stop. But it was pretty clear, especially on those two walk-in touchdowns. I mean, Andy Reid, he just knew when to – throw the, put the motion out there and he knew what was going to happen. I mean, two walk-ins in the Super Bowl. that, right. that pretty much says all. So, and, uh, and the, the big shame to me is um, we all know like the Super Bowl, that's when you really find out something about quarterbacks. And, and I think we found out a lot about Jalen hurts. I mean, that, that game, that old cliche is the stage going to be too big for him. He was great. He, he yeah. was awesome. So uh, that they spoiled a, a, a Fine performance by him, and uh, and and by the way, too, I, I I'm still laughing about this. You know, Vic Fangio is the the consultant for two weeks. Did they overdo everything or what? Over prepared? I mean, he was zero and six against um, Andy Reid and the Chiefs, and they were giving up an average of twenty eight points a game, and they bring him in to be a consultant, and they give up thirty eight. So I don't, you know. Maybe they, maybe that had, maybe they were trying to do too much of his game plan. I don't know, but uh, you know, it'll be it'll be fun to see who they the next defensive coordinator is. And I, I really don't have a much of a feel for that right now, guys, because they they need somebody who runs that Fangio defense. That's what the personnel is. I don't want to dwell too much more on what happened Sunday. I want to look forward. And you mentioned Jalen Hurts. What kind of contract is he going to get? I heard, I think Joe Banner said somewhere between 47 and $52 million a year. Is that really possible? Yeah. If you look at the, the exclusive uh, franchise tender, it's like 48 million. 
Uh, and that's kind of what uh, Lamar Jackson would be aligned for, you know, if it's if it's the exclusive tender. But that that's kind of a starting point. That's the average of the the top five uh, salaries in the league, and that's inflated by Deshaun Watson's contract, that guaranteed huge guaranteed contract. So yeah, I mean he's gonna. That, to me, the interesting part is going to be how much they guarantee. Uh, uh, and um, with, uh, for example, I don't think they'll do something like everybody says uh, they'll get a Kyler Murray contract. Murray has um, he has huge bonuses in there for games played because he's missed some time. I don't I don't see him doing that with Hurts. Do you guys? I mean, that, you know that guy's going to be there every week if he can. So, and uh, I'm not saying that's the reason they did it with Murray, but. I don't see the Eagles doing anything like that, but that's going to be the the big deal to me is is like how much is guaranteed, how they structure that. Um, yeah, but that average, that's about right. And uh, and uh, you know, you look at the quarterbacks around the league and what he gives his team a chance to win every week. It's worth it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think the money will be staggering, but the money in the league is staggering anyway. So uh, you know, I think they're going to go all in with him. Yeah. And the other thing is too, and we've seen that a little bit with uh, with the Chiefs is when you, you know, when they paid Mahomes, you you sometimes you you can't pay the rest of the team. Um, I mean, you you can pay the rest of the team, but you you can't get exactly the premium. You can't pay premium prices for premium players. So, but uh, they've they've done a good job, and everybody talks about Howie doing a great job. They're the GM out there who used to work in Philly, Brett Veach. He's done a heck of a job, you know. He got rid of uh, some Tyreek Hill and some other guys, and he got a first-round pick and a second for him. He's done a good job. So that And that's the way the Eagles are going to have to do it too. They're going to have to hit on uh, the, the two first-round picks that they have, and uh, they're going to have to hit on that second and third rounder, at least to the point where they can develop it. And and by the way, I think, I think it's time. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles drafted another offensive tackle that they could move inside the guard because Siamalo is a free agent and then move him out to where, where uh, Lane Johnson is. He's had some injury issues. And, uh, and the other guy I think would be a, a cornerback or, or a defensive lineman. Yeah. Well, well, let me throw some names at you. Yeah, let me t- tell me if you, uh, you got to stay or go on Miles Sanders. First one. Oh, I, I, I'd let him go. Can you see him taking a knee at the one yard line? <laughs> I, I could see him running out of bounds, but, but not, you know, not making that kind of a heads-up play. He's got a lot of talent. Um, too many, just with the with the running backs they have on the team, they 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 really don't need them. Um, they they can get it done without him. And you and we saw the way that they lost trust with him after those two fumbles. You know. Yep. How, how about Isaac Somala? Uh, I would uh, actually. You know what I. I don't know that I would. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna—he's worth a lot of money. If he takes the hometown discount, I would. Um, I, I think he'd be crazy if he did. He could get one of those Halapula body Vitae deals, you know. He could light it up. That, he, he's really good. So I, I think he'll be moving on. I don't—I don't think they're with the Hertz with the, with them having to sign Hertz. No, nah, I don't think. I, I think he, he'll be smart and he'll go somewhere else. Well, Bob, let me do it this way. Since we have the list of free agents, who are the real priorities here, the guys to bring back? Oh, There's yeah. There's a few okay. guys on defense that you have to bring back, I think. Yeah. What do you say? C.J. Gardner-Johnson, for sure. Um, he, to me, he was the best guy, in the, easily the best guy in the secondary. Uh, I guess I would take a look at Javon Hargrave, but he's going to 
he's going to command a, a salary around 60 million, like three or four years, at least 15 to 20. I'm not sure that they want to pay that. Um, Miles Sanders, no. Uh, well, Rick Lovato, actually, believe it or not, he's not. I, I checked with this. He's not free. He, he had a, a redone. He restructured his contract. He's, he has one more year. Okay. TJ Edwards, I would, I would do that. Um, I don't think it's going to, would cost you a, a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, Jackson, nah, I mean, I, that n- none of these other guys, I, I really would be concerned about Dillard. I wouldn't Boston Scott, you could get another running back. He, he's, he's been really good for him. Uh, Brandon Graham, I would bring him back and I don't think they'll have problems figuring out what a, what a reasonable salary is for him. And, uh, and by the way, he needs one more year to, with the Eagles, I then make it 14 and he'll match Chuck Bednarik's record for longest tenure with the Eagles ever. So, and uh, Bradbury, I, I don't think there, there's much of a chance they bring him back. He, he's going to want to get paid. Kaiser White, uh, no, I, I think that's kind of what they brought. You know, they, they drafted uh, people to, to, uh, to take his place. Marcus Epps, I, I might, but uh, again, hometown discount. Sue. I think Sue is going to end up in uh, Cleveland with uh, with with his old defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz. So mm. you know those guys. Um, yeah, that, I mean, so really, the the big guy to me is is C.J. Gardner. I mean that that's the guy that I want to have. Siomalo, uh, if he'll take a hometown discount, and uh, and then you know after that, um, I think they can they can do some some damage in the in the draft. So dependent on. Uh, you know, what, uh, what, what's going to be available, but uh, there, this is going to be a real, really good draft too, from what I've heard. It's probably too early to know, but do you have a gut feel on what do you think about Jason Kelsey? Is he staying going? Is he going to pack it in? Wow. I, I thought for sure he would be back. Uh, he's really enjoying it. And, uh, and, and really, I mean, just really feeling it, but now I'm not so sure. We, we talked to him, we were just shooting the, the you know what at before they they took off for uh for uh, Arizona and um and you know you can I, just a bunch of guys we were peppering them with questions nobody had their notebooks out and um and he said there were a lot of other factors in that and uh, and another you know uh, there's a family uh, connection or deal in here you know he, his third daughter's is on the way any minute now but um, I'm and also the um, the, the preparation, even with how easy it is compared to when he first broke into the league, with how easy it is to go get through a season. He doesn't have to practice much. He said Nick has been really good about it. He said it was really difficult with uh, when Doug was here, you know, because all the practices and stuff that Doug did. But uh, even with that, he, he had some um, – I mean, it, it wasn't a slam dunk. He would come back. And as a matter of fact, I kind of – I interpreted that as I, I don't think he – I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I, I think he's going to retire. I, I think he's, uh, you know, he's had a long career. And, yeah. um, and you know, they drafted to, to take care of, uh, you know, Cam Jurgens. I, I think he's got some promise. And, um, you know, maybe maybe he could even help as uh, some kind of a consultant, you know, or something. Because nobody he, – he's really helped a lot of guys on that offensive line uh, improve. Stoutland is the man, but, but Kelsey, um, I mean, it, it, he kind of reinforces it. So – yeah, I think he I, – I'm guessing – I'm thinking that he's moving on. Hey, Bob, we gave Howie Roseman a lot of credit for what he did draft night when he got A.J. Brown, of course, and for you know his first few picks. But in retrospect, uh, Jordan Davis had a few good games before he got hurt but hasn't done a whole lot 
since then. I think he only had 10 or 11 snaps in the Super Bowl. And Kobe Dean didn't get on the field much this year because the guys in front of him were playing so well. So what is the future for Jordan Davis? Is he, you know, really going to be the stud that we thought he was? Yeah, he's going to have to kick it up a notch. I absolutely agree. He was playing better probably earlier in the year. But uh, and then they then his playing time diminished a little bit when uh, Linville Joseph and uh, and uh, and Dominican Sue came aboard. So um, he, he doesn't have quite that their their fire. So. He's a real big guy. He's got a lot of talent and, um, I mean, very, a lot of strength and everything. So, yeah, I, I, I need to see more from him. N'Kobe Dean, I, I still – he's not the biggest guy in the world. I mean, if you stood next to him, you'd say, you play what position? You know, I mean, he looks like Boston Scott to me, kind of, you know, like a, a, a kind of the tiny running back. But, um, but he's very fast, very smart. So I, I think you can expect some more from him. And, uh, and guys, I, I think uh, somebody that they might consider in the draft, if he's there at number 10, is that, uh, and he, he might be dropping a little bit, is Miles Murphy of Clemson. He's like 6'7". He's about, he's close to 300, maybe, maybe a little bit over. Very fast. He reminds me, I mean, I'm not comparing him at all, but he reminds me of Reggie White, the way that he can set the edge there and also just bull rush a guy or club him right into the, the quarterback. So... I really I like that and uh, and then uh, you know maybe they take an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman but you know there's a possibility that Murphy doesn't drift all the way to to ten. Hey Bob, before we run out of time, which we're almost already running out, um, you're a Doco guy. Uh, what's the celebration? What's the vibe on Joe Klecko being elected to the Hall of Fame finally? Great, yeah, great uh, news he- for us Doco guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and Joe's real proud of it. Um, the funny part of that was when, um, well, you guys know the story, Joe Namath came to his front door, you know, and, um, his wife said, uh, it's for you. And and he opens the door and he sees Joe Namath who who told him he was in the hall of fame to me. If I saw Joe Namath at my door, I thought he'd be selling me Medicare stuff or, you know, like, you know, one of those programs. Cause I see him pitching that all the time. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, he just, um, that that's really good. I'd like to see Billy White choose Johnson to another Delco guy from Chichester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean he's the only guy from the All Decade team that in in what was it the eighties? Yeah, that that isn't in the Hall of Fame. I I don't you know that 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 can't that has to be taken care of. I think so. Yeah, yeah. that that's a big deal. And Klecko, did you guys see him walk to the to the podium when he? Yeah, he's not walking as good as he used uh, yeah, to. Yeah, sure. yeah. No, I no, mean. Yeah. Those were the days when they gave it all to the organization. I remember he played with a broken leg once. So I, I'm wondering, you know, did they straighten it? You know, <laughs> great guy. You know, maybe they didn't. Maybe they straightened it and then he played anyway and, and bent a little bit. But what a great guy. And what a credit to uh, to Chester and, uh, and to St. James High in Delaware County. Bob, last thing for me, uh, before they cleaned up the confetti Sunday night, they put out the Super Bowl odds for next year. And the Chiefs, not surprisingly, are right at the top of the heap. You got the Bengals and Bills and then the Eagles. How tough is it to get back after a, a defeat in the Super Bowl like that? A lot of teams have really struggled to get back the following year. Yeah, yeah, it is really difficult. I don't have the exact exact stat in my mind or head right now, but uh, but I don't I can't remember the last time it was done. I think it was New England. Um, but uh, I think so. and uh, yeah, they they just. Um, you know they they're an up and coming program the eagles but uh i think those odds kind of kind of tell you 
Um, well, best team in the in the uh, NFC again, and um, the 49ers, um, th- those those things are interesting. Um, but I I think it's going to be you know I they're going to have a tough time I think next year the Eagles um, in the NFC because they losing both the coordinators you know that continuity was huge yep. for them you know they hadn't had that for a while so that's going to be hard um, depending on who the offensive coordinator is people are saying Brian Johnson this guy Mike uh, Mike McCoy the Jacksonville um, quarterbacks coach he he's a great friend of um, of uh, Nick Sirianni I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up here. I'm sure Doug would let him out of, uh, you know, his, his deal down there as the quarterback's coach in Jacksonville. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in there somewhere. And, and he, he's a real good offensive mind, too. So um, that, that's going to be tough to replace that, those two coordinators. And, yep. uh, and then you got, um, you know, Kelsey. I mean, if he, if he moves on, and I have a feeling he will, that's going to be different. I mean, there's going to be a, some adjustments. And, and whoever the new coordinator is on defense – I don't know that the that that the uh, coordinator is in house right now. I don't. Um, it's got to be somebody with the personnel that they have. It's got to be somebody who knows that Vic Fangio defense. So, and uh, right now, I you know I, I'm sure they're hard at work at that. I don't. I just don't know who it would be. Very good. Well, hey Chet, uh, I don't know if you saw the note here. Bob asked if we could show that promo picture again. Do, can you? Oh yeah, you, can you, you guys get to that uh, cutting edge. How about that? Huh? <laughs> Look at that. That is unbelievable, guys. Uh, hey, we can we can uh we can email that to you actually, can't we, Chet? Yeah, sure we could. Yeah, if you <laughs> get a Bob chance, cool, go man. ahead. Uh, you, you guys got are it. geniuses. Always a pleasure. <laughs> I don't know about the genius part, but hey, hey, Bob, uh, I know you wrote you write for the Delco Times. Any other social media places people can follow your work and uh, well, see at, what you got at going Bob on? Groach, yeah. And and yeah. And my stories too. Like I was at, I was there at Super Bowl week. If you were having, it, it's too late now. But if you were having trouble sleeping that week, you just, you know, pull pull it up on the internet, you know, and start reading. I think about the third or fourth <laughs> paragraph, you'll be able to get to bed, get a good night's sleep. And get we up know better. We know better than that, pal. <laughs> I'm sure you had a good time out there. Yeah. It oh was man. Well, Bob, hey, thanks for taking the time uh, to visit. Let's do it again, and we'll talk, uh, heck, maybe we'll talk Phillies or Sixers or Flyers or something else. All right. All right. I'll see you guys. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Bob. Take care, Bob. Hey, Chet, I'd like to say winter is here, but it's darn near getting to be springtime up there in uh, the beautiful Northeast with this great weather you're having. But, hey, you may be spending more time on your couch before you know it than you are in your car. It's time for you to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Yeah, that's right, Bill. Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-for-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-for-mile car insurance by calling your local agent in Westchester, Pennsylvania. That is Dave Lavoie. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Once again, 610-430-0700 and start to save more now that you are driving less. Very good. Hey, Chet, uh, we talked last week about baseball in November and football in February. Here we are, three days between the Eagles Super Bowl and the Phillies spring training. You excited about the 2023 Phillies? Yeah, it's funny. Late January, early February is often a downtime on the Phillies sports scene. Uh, But when the Eagles go to the Super Bowl, well, 
we lose a lot of that downtime and that's okay. That's a great thing. All of a sudden, yeah, it's pitchers and catchers time. I think tomorrow's the official reporting day. I know a lot of them were there today. And before you know it, there will be spring training games and then we'll be talking about what the roster is going to look like on opening day. Of course, I'm excited. They made some nice additions over the off season, the short off season, and they absolutely should be a contender again. So yeah, it's going to be a fun spring. They are going to be fun. I think, you know, expectations certainly are a lot higher this year than last. Uh, so that will be fun to watch. Of course, Bryce Harper needs to get healthy soon. Um, we'll see how that goes. And by the way, Chet, did you see the story? I actually posted a little bit ago about Bryce Harper walking through the Arizona airport. I saw the video that, yeah, I handed somebody his uh, shoe to keep because he didn't have a Sharpie to sign a hat or whatever. So we just gave the guy his shoe. Right, right. A kid. I think it was a kid, but yeah, he yeah. wanted to sign his hat. Uh, he didn't have a sharpie and a regular pen. wasn't going to work on his hat, so he took off his sneaker, signed it, and gave it to the kid and walked through the airport with one sneaker on. Cool Very stuff. cool. And the uh, Phillies also announced that Scott Fransky and T Mac have both signed long-term extensions. Uh, they're still sorting out the rest of the radio crew. Larry Anderson, though, will do about sixty games this year, up from uh, just weekends last year. So that's good. Uh, one report said Kevin Stalker is the favorite to get the remaining radio games. We like Kevin, so that'd be great. And Bill, I know you're excited about the Ghost Runner coming back in Major League Baseball. Oh my gosh! <laughs> of all the things, that one. Geez. Though the one that will be interesting, we'll talk more about this during the spring. Um, is the pitch clock and how that's going to work? And uh, you know, is the batter's not ready? The pitcher's not ready? There's all kinds of stipulations here. Uh, but the result is a ball or a ball or strike, I guess, goes against yeah. the pitcher or hitter. So we'll we'll talk more about that as we see how it works out in the playoffs or in the spring training. But also, yeah. uh, no shift. So the shift rule is in play. Yeah. Uh, starting in spring training. So we'll see how that goes as well. Gonna be very, very interesting. You know what else is interesting, Bill? A lot of things going on at the Irish Rover Station House. Right now, in fact, uh, Wednesday night, they have Quizzo night. So every Wednesday, they have Quizzo. They also have great prime rib dinner specials on Wednesdays. Killer Burger Thursdays, music Saturday nights. And because we just had Valentine's Day, they've got some dinner specials there that they're keeping all week long, including Maytag scallops, baked chicken, cavatappi, chimichurra, steak salad, all sorts of other things. Check the website for that. And then... Coming up very, very soon, in fact, next Thursday, the 23rd, the Irish Rover will celebrate its 10th anniversary at its Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne location and 26 years in business overall under current ownership. You just know that's going to be a fun evening. Find out more about all of the above at the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne or just check their website. And that, of course, is irishroverstationhouse.com. And, Bill, before we continue, we got this. It's me, Jackie Bam Bam from 93.3 WMR, Philly Press Box Radio. Chet, Bill, what are you doing? It's me, Jackie Bam Bam. Hey, Chet, Bill, I love you. All the best. Bye. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> good, good stuff. Hey, uh, one other comment. Uh, PJ posts up here in bigger bases. Uh, you know, yeah. I sent you that picture today. What's interesting to me on that is they're only, I think, by looking at that picture, they're only making the bases longer, right? They were 18 by 16 or whatever. Now they're 18 by 18, if I got my numbers right. So the lead to second isn't shorter, and the home to first isn't shorter. They've extended the base 
from the 16 inches down the right field line, say, no. to 18 inches. So there's more well, there's base not- to step on. And then I did the, not know that. That's interesting. I think that's right. And then the inlet dimension towards second didn't change. Okay. I was so, wondering about that because, you know, people say it's only a couple inches, but I think that does make a difference because there are so many really, really close plays. Right. So. Where it could make a difference is if the first baseman has his foot on that two inches of base that didn't used to exist to field a ball, say, from the second base or, you know, a throw from the second baseman, it's going to yeah. get there faster, yep. you know. Yep. But as far as the runner getting to uh, the first or stealing second, I believe the bases are the same dimensions that they always were. Cool. All right. I know we have a lot of uh, different people joining us tonight because I posted on the Fat Mez community page and they're all excited about the fact that Billy Thoden and Dom Levy will be on the show and that'll be coming up in just a few minutes. So stick around, folks. That's coming soon. That's right. We just have a little flyers to talk about first, Chet. Uh, Let's call it a rough spot. Uh, (laughs) Six losses in the last eight. Uh, They've ended any playoff chances they might have had as they tried to creep up a little bit. Uh, not playing bad hockey overall when you're losing all your tight tight games. Uh, five of the last six by one goal, but their losses and they're out. Uh, you won't, you watching any Flyers here this winter? Not much. You're done? <laughs> you're can't. done with them? I, I'm not done with them. I just Sometimes I'll put it on while I'm doing other things, but I haven't just watched them intently because they just don't excite me this year, Bill. I, I mean, I like Tortorelli more than most of the players. Uh, but yeah, what one thing they really need to do is win those close games. We knew from the start that this probably wasn't going to be a playoff team. So it's more now about finding out who deserves to stay with the team who might be trade chips ahead of the deadline. I think March 3rd, that is. And who are the guys to build around for next year? So that that's the stuff to watch now. I don't think they have a real shot at making the playoffs. Yeah, well, and they're trying to build some toughness, which they are doing that. And, uh, you know, you're, you're right. This was kind of a mail-in year. I think anything that that sniffed the playoffs was probably going to be bonus. Yeah, so uh, don't get your hopes up, Flyers fans. But, you know, hopefully Tortorelli will stick around and players will stick with him, and he can work some magic next season, perhaps. That's right. Well, hey, you mentioned Fat Mez. Uh, You had a chance to visit with one of your favorite uh, local bands, Dom Levy and Billy Thoden. Tell us about them. Tell us where you met them guys, and uh, what's up with Fat Mez? All right, a little background. At least every other weekend, I go to see some live music at local taverns. One of those bands is Soul Custody. That's L-S-O-U-L, Custody. And I'm friendly with the three guys in that trio. And uh, one of them is Ed Wall. And he and I one night were talking about local bands. And he asked me if I had seen or heard Fat Mez yet. This was back in November. I told him I thought I had seen the name, but I hadn't gotten out to actually see them. He told me he had seen them a couple of times and that they are amazing. They're four young guys, early 20s, but that they play stuff from our generation. And they're fantastic at it. Boy, was he right. I checked them out in person a mere two weeks later. And I've gone to see them several times since then. Trust me, sample some of their music on Facebook or YouTube. Of course, you'll get to hear a few snippets in this interview that uh, I'm going to play for you. Oh, very important. I know we have a lot of Mez heads, as they're called, watching us tonight. And here's the deal. This is a nine and a half minute version of my chat with Dom and Billy. But as soon as our Philly Press Box show is over, you can catch the full 13 and a half minute interview, which will be up on YouTube at 8 p.m. Eastern time with even more juicy stuff in it. But with that being said, here you go. Enjoy a little fat mez. 
Well, this interview is airing during our Philly Press Box radio show. These guys have absolutely nothing to do with Philly sports, but I don't care. It's rock and roll from the great band Fat Mez. It's Dom Levy and Billy Thoden. Hey, guys. What's going on? Hello. All right. So from what I understand, uh, your fantastic band, which is you guys plus drummer Corey Chodes and guitarist Kurt Foster, officially formed in March of 2020. And as most people know, that's uh, about the same time the pandemic hit the U.S. Great timing on your part, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's all planned out. Yeah, we, um, yeah. we had a bunch of other groups we were in. And uh, when COVID hit, they all broke up because there was no gigs. And then we were just sitting doing nothing. And then we we're just like jobless. Jobless. And we're like, well, we'll just we'll jam. We'll see what happens. Because we used to all four play together for years. And um, we finally, you know, we're just like, oh, we have some time to jam and see what happens. And then it just kept turning into stuff. And then once uh, bands were able to, like, play out, you know, for a little bit in the summer, we just got some gigs out of Wildwood outside. And uh, it just all kept snowballing from there. July of 2020 was probably our first gig, like yeah. early July, late June. Was our... June, 28th. June 28th, Kurt Foster says. Yeah. Right, so you may not want to draw attention to just how damn young you guys are, but I have it on good authority that at least a couple of the guys in the band were born in this century. I envy you. Uh, and that begs the question, how the hell does a bunch of Gen Z guys end up playing predominantly music from the 1960s and 70s? I'm, I'm guessing good parenting. Part, yeah, I guess partly that. But uh, it's also just like, I mean, for me, it was like when I heard the Beatles for the first time, I just, it blew me away. And then I just was like, I just tried to discover as much stuff as I, you know, like that or stuff I enjoyed. And it kind of just, it, it started from there. I mean, my parents are both big Beatles fans. So I guess that's where that came from. You know, it's just a lot of discovery and finding stuff you like, you know, and I love a lot of music. I love I love all music, really. So it, it started, though, as classic rock for me personally. Yeah, well, Billy, uh, on your and uh, were your parents influential in you know having you end up playing guitar and deciding you wanted to get into music? A hundred percent. I played in a band with my dad from 2009 till 2020, basically. He showed me Stevie Ray Vaughan when I was like six. I was sitting there playing with Legos. I was like, "Hey, help me build this." He's like, "Only if you watch this video, I'll help you." And then I watched him play Pride and Joy on MTV Live on acoustic, and I literally said. That's exactly what I, I was like. I want to do that. And then he got me a guitar like the next week. And yeah, I, I really never stopped since then. And I, I grew up on like a little farm town, had no friends really or anything. So that's all I had to do. <laughs> was guitar. And yeah, my dad very much sparked most of that and helped me like uh, stick with it and not like, cause like, you know, I, there's been a lot of things in my life where I've like done for a little bit and then be like, ah, I'm going to do something else. But music's been that one consistent thing always. And I have to attribute a lot of that to, yeah, he kept me going and uh, didn't let me fall. Nice. I mean, I, I started playing music when I was about 15. I tried to play when I was 11 and that was violin. And I, from that start, I wasn't destined to play. I was the worst <laughs> violin player in, I think, history. And I, I played that for about a year until I decided which was probably the best thing to give up violin. And I started getting back into matchbox cars and tornadoes. And then I was doing comedy for about like six months before I saw Paul McCartney. I saw McCartney and then I said, screw comedy, I'm not funny. I might as well do music because I, I, it looks enjoyable and he's having a good time on stage. I like to do that. 
So then I got infatuated with it. And then I sucked at playing bass for about four years. <laughs> By that time, you'd already heard the Beatles, though, right? Like, yeah, enough, I, I, enough, I've, yeah. I've already, that's why I went, because I liked the Beatles. And I was just like, my dad was like, oh, do you want to see Paul McCartney? And I was like, yeah, I'll see Paul McCartney. I like the Beatles. I like Penny Lane. Let's do it. Like, he, he portrayed this energy live that, that I felt. And I, I wanted to take that energy and use that for other things. And it, it was amazing. It, 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 I couldn't explain it. He mentioned uh, that you were doing some comedy. Your father, we should note, is somewhat of a raunchy comedian, Bob Lee. He, he was on the Stern Show for a while, played a little uh, bass guitar back in the day. Did he influence you at all to you know try the bass? So, yeah, I started playing. After I saw McCartney, I tried to play the guitar. And um, I, I just struggled with it. I didn't know you had to put pressure down. The, like, I just couldn't play it. It was another thing. It was another violin situation. So then my he's dad, currently great at guitar, by the way, now. So it's kind of crazy. Okay. It, it took years. It really is. But it's, uh, it's awesome. But uh, my dad, I told my dad, I said, I can't play this guitar. What do I do? And he said he was in a band back in the day called Van Levy. He would play bass. And, <laughs> and he said, I said, OK, I'll, play, you know, I'll try it out. And I tried to play a Get Back by the Beatles. There's two notes. The song is just two notes back and forth. It just holds the A for a couple of bars, holds D for a couple of bars. I couldn't get the changes. And I was doing comedy at the time. And my dad said, give up doing this bass thing. You suck. And just stick with comedy. You're kind of good at it. And I wasn't good at it. He was just trying to make me feel good. And then I had that stubborn thing where, like, a parent tells you not to do something. Or you're not, and I go, you know, I'm going to do it now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to practice my ass off. So I just sat in my room. And it's similar to Bill. I had no friends kind of growing up. So I just be sitting in my room playing the bass or walking around the hallway. It does help. Friends actually hinder a lot of things. I kind of, you know, nowadays it's cool. But back then, you know. But um, yeah, so just that's what we tell ourselves. That's what we tell ourselves, yeah. yeah, to make ourselves. You play covers by legendary artists like the Beatles, the Stones, the Allman Brothers, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Tom Petty, Crosby, Stills and Nash, and Neil Young. Stevie Ray Vaughan, as you mentioned, Stevie Wonder, The Doors, The Doobie Brothers, America, Elton John, Leonard Skinner, oh, like the one and on. But yeah. what's really interesting to me is that it seems like both of you guys have a real affection for the blues. Am I right, Billy? Mm-hmm. 100%. That's probably the very, the biggest common theme within the four of us. You guys do dozens of amazing covers, but you've also written several written, uh, you've written several originals. What is the writing process on those songs? There's a lot of different ones. For yeah. some songs, like a song like How Would You Know, me and Bill wrote that one together in about 15 minutes. And we were just hanging out and, and we were in his room and I was, I was like, let's write a song. And we were just tired. And we just started coming up with it. And before you knew it, we had a song. Gotta tell you, I love that song. Thank you. Yeah, I, I like it's that simple. One too. It's catchy. It's got some good words in it. Yeah, it has a, it has a good meaning behind it. That's actually kind of means mean something. So yeah, cool. But uh, some of them come in where like with Kurt, he wrote "Pretty Von Noose" and he wrote it himself, and he just brings it to the group, and he goes, "He wanted me to sing it, and he wants me, and I, I learned the words." Yeah, and, and it um, comes alive, kind of live on stage. Yeah, like we figure out how it's gonna come alive. Um, there's collaboration within there's you know it's, it's a lot of different ways you know we don't want to limit ourselves in how we uh write the song we don't want them all to sound the same either you know we're just trying to make music and however it comes out it comes and we out. don't have a designated formula just yet yeah. which probably is 
isn't a bad thing. I know I'm not the first to ask, but Dom, can you explain the name Fat Mez? So there was a jazz clarinetist named Mez Mezro in the 40s and 30s. And besides being the biggest jazz clarinetist, he was also the biggest weed dealer in jazz to a point that they would call weed Mez. So uh, we were chilling in the backyard and Kurt brought up, he's like Mezro. He's like, I like how it sounds, Mez. I like how it sounds. And we're all pretty stoned. And we're sitting there and Bill, little Mez, little Mez, you know, like, smelly Mez. Like, and then Bill goes, he goes, how about fat, fat, fat Mez? And I go, it's way better than the other ones. <laughs> And all the and that's it. And then we we were like, "What's cool?" We called Corey. And they go, "Corey." He's like, "What?" We, we got we, we got a band name. He goes, "What is it?" I go, "Fat Mez." He goes, "That's great." I love it. He's like, "I love it." That's how we knew. We're like, "All right, this is what we got." This and we just stuck with it. And then we we didn't realize the funny part about it is now we don't realize we didn't realize it kind of sounds like the word fat mess. So then people go, "You sound great, fat mess." And I just <laughs> yeah, sure, mess mess. It's like no, it's it only sounds like a fat mess. That's 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 the difference. That's funny, folks. Check this band out, Fat Mez, not mess, Fat Mez. Follow them on Facebook. Facebook and Instagram. Get out and see them. They typically play three or four gigs every single week all around the, the Philly and South Jersey area. I promise you won't be disappointed. Billy Thoden and Dom Levy. Thanks very much. Hey, thank you for having us. Hey, they How have a nice that? they have a nice sound. Yeah, they are they're just awesome. Uh Dom is the elder statesman in the band, by the way. He'll be 24 next week. <laughs> Kurt, uh, who was in the interview, but Kurt, their other guitar player, has a birthday today, as a matter of fact. So he's, I don't know, 2021. I'm not sure. Um I also had a nice chat, by the way, with the bass player Dom's mom, Paula. She is a huge Beatles fan, and she obviously is very very proud of her son our house always had 70s music 60s music and that's what we played and you know the rest is history i think when dom sings get back love that um i love when all the guys sing together thank god they all individually sing on their own but i think when he sings get back or any beatles song i just silently tear up yeah, so Fat Mez is excellent, and uh, they typically do play three or four shows every week. And this weekend, they have shows in Wildwood Friday night, and then in Philly Saturday and Sunday. I'll be there Saturday night at Nixed Roast Beef in Northeast Philly near Philadelphia Mills, the old Franklin Mills. Go see them. Say hello to me while you're there. I'll be there with seven or eight friends Saturday night. And remember, my full 13-and-a-half-minute interview with Dom and Billy, which includes a fun Fast Five Q&A segment at the end, will be available on YouTube right after our show ends this evening. Very good. Good stuff. Yep. Well, hey, let's give a shout-out to all the shows over at the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week. Football season has ended, but that hasn't slowed down the coverage, Chet, as you can see. Catch all the action at www.eopsports.com, as well as Edge of Philly Sports on YouTube. You can find our show on Philly Press Box Radio YouTube channel as well. Please hit help us by hitting those subscribe, follow, and like buttons. And as always, share with your family and friends. Hey, Bill, um, before we move on, I wanted to mention this uh, either during our Bob Groats chat or right after, but I didn't get to it. I want to play a little game with you. Who are the very best five or six NFL head coaches of your lifetime? So who are the, the Furman Five or the Billy Six Pack? Give me the the very best five or six of the last 60 years. 
Well, I, I, I didn't see him a lot because I was so young, but Vince Lombardi was always my guy. Uh, so I'll, I'll go him. Chuck Knoll, uh, Steelers. Don Shula, probably Don Shula ahead of Chuck Knoll, but right up there with him. Um, Andy Reid is going to be on my list. That's four. And, and um, probably um, I'm trying to think if I'm missing anybody. but You're I'm missing to, a big one. I, I'm missing a big one. Uh, one of few Super Bowls. Well, I, I was going to say Tom Landry is the is the one that I uh, think I'm missing. But who who am I missing? You're missing Bill Belichick. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he's well, pretty good. Anyway, I mentioned this the, the only thing I will say this about Bill Belichick though, he lost a lot of games in Cleveland before he went to yeah. went to Cincinnati or New England wherever he went. And, it, uh, it helped having Tom Brady as his quarterback for yeah, 20 years or whatever. And, uh, yeah, a lot of things went his way. He was not very successful. Yeah. Cleveland. The reason I mentioned it is because uh, the other night on NBC Sports Philly, Ray Dinger gave his six from the last 60 years, and here they are. Vince Lombardi, Don Shula, Bill Belichick, Bill Walsh, who you left out, Chuck yeah. Knoll, and now Andy Reid in the sixth spot. That's a pretty good list right there. He did yeah. not put Tom Landry in there. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, there, there's that Dallas thing. I, I, I might probably have gotten to Bill Walsh had I thought had, had a little more time to think about it. He certainly his uh, his coaching tree is pretty solid. Uh, yeah, I'll say. You know, you know, along the way. So, yeah, we uh, we were for good stuff. Hey, Chet, yes, last week you Boop and I, uh, Bob Petrone Jr., uh, we did some prop picks uh, to wrap up our season. It they didn't go very well with the Eagles not winning that game. Uh, really kind of blew that up. Uh, what were our big game results just for fun? I didn't mark them all down as far as uh, individually on this particular graphic, but I did check them, and Boop and I were both 5-5 five and five on those 10. You were 4-6, and six, Bill, so we wouldn't have made any big money on those particular prop bets. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, that's why they played the game. And, and, you know, Chad, I want to say one other thing about the Eagles. We'll get to our closing moment on that. But uh, the um, if you look at the stats of the game, you know, the stat sheet, uh, the stats do lie. Because when you look at that sheet, the Eagles dominated the game and didn't win it. Uh, kind of crazy how it all played itself out. Well, yeah, because in the first half, they had the ball a lot of the time because uh, there was the Jalen Hurts turnover, which put them right back on the field on offense. You know, Hurts fumbling, and they scored the touchdown picking up that fumble. Um, boy, yeah, so many things we could talk about, but I'm just trying to put it all in the past. I intentionally didn't listen to as much sports talk radio this week as I normally would have because I know people are complaining about the call at the end and about uh, Jonathan Gannon. There's plenty of complaints about Gannon. And uh, yeah, I just, I just needed a break from it. So today I listened mostly to music. Yeah. Well, I, I understand. Uh, and, and, and I've, I actually made a little list. There, there were four plays, four plays in that game. They, you know, they always say when you're coaching games and all that, there's, there's just a couple plays that make the difference in the game. And in my mind, there were four plays. So okay. I had to throw a fifth one in there. I, I probably could. Four number number. I'll go with number four, the Devontae Smith no catch, the, which the, was really really tough to call. You know, either way, I you know I, I'm right. not going to fault the refs on that one. Well, I, I'm, I, I'm not sure either. But the rule yeah. is kind of crazy. Uh, you know, yeah. if that's a catch, if if it is a catch, it's a big play in the game. All sure. right, the punt return. 
obviously. Of course, down to the five-yard line. Led yep. to seven points. I will throw in there somewhere um, that Patrick Mahomes run at the end, that long one that set him, set him right up. But yeah, uh, my number two, obviously, uh, well, it might be some people's number one, the Jalen Hurts fumble, unforced error. You know, yep. he didn't get hit. He, he fumbled. Um, and then the the one, the play before it, the Samalo offsides, instead yep. of first down, they're, they're now third and six. They fumbled the next play, give them seven points, and the whole game swings around. The Eagles should have, could have been up 31-7 at halftime. You know, take yep. them seven off the board, put another seven on the board. 31-7 halftime, and there's no looking back. Or at um, least a field goal, which would have made it, you know, 27 Right, right. Uh, you know, just I, I'm not uh, – I'm just not buying into the whole they were better than us thing. They did some things better than us, absolutely, but uh, I, I'm not buying into the, the, the moral victory stuff. And as Bob Groth said, it was maybe Andy Reid's best – ever coaching performance. It, it, it he, was. he was terrific. He was he terrific. Was. Meanwhile, the Eagles, something they did so well this season was not get any delay of game penalties. They got one in this game and very, very close to getting several others. They went right down to, you know, the, the one second or half second before it would have been a penalty. So they didn't get a lot of those plays off quickly enough. And uh, Hertz was great. I think Hertz did prove himself. So he is clearly the quarterback, and he's going to get that forty-seven or fifty million dollars a year. Oh yeah. Well, they they certainly, uh, you know, they need to continue to build around him because uh, he he's going to be their guy. Yep. Well, hey, Chad, great guest tonight in Bob Groats and Fat Mez, Dom Levy, and Billy Thoden. Who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Who is coming next week? I have a picture somewhere of who our uh, guest is next week. You and I. We'll be here. You know what? I can't find the picture, but that doesn't matter. One of our favorites next week, Bill, she typically joins us every October and every February. We're going to keep that tradition going. You know who it is. We're going to talk hoops with longtime Sixers reporter D. Lynham. Always great to get D's insight, and it will be especially interesting this time to see if she thinks the Sixers will finally be good enough to get past the second round of the playoffs this year. Who knows? Uh, also visiting our show for at least a few minutes, though, Christina, Chris, from the Irish Rover, ahead of their anniversary event next Thursday. And I just might sneak in a random chat segment as well. All right. There you go. Well, hey, you mentioned D. Uh, let's talk Sixers real quick. Still playing solid ball. There's 37 and 19. They're right at about the two-thirds of the regular season mark. I think they're one game over the two-third mark. Uh, barring a total collapse, the playoff spot is guaranteed. Uh, so what do you want to see down the stretch, Chet? Play it out and get rhythm that we've talked about every year that they've never had hmm. the rhythm going into the playoffs or you start resting guys for the second season. Well, they have a huge game happening right now at the center against the team right behind them in the standings, those Cleveland Cavaliers. Then they're off for a week plus for the All-Star break, the All-Star game this Sunday. Bill, I know you'll be watching. Uh, so you want to see them win. No, you won't. You'll see them win. You want to see them win this one and then make sure everybody gets a nice break over the next week for the stretch run. As I post the standings, uh, you mentioned that they are now in third place, 37 and 19. Three games back, and uh, the Bucks actually got their 11th straight win last night, Bill, so they have been on fire. They may catch and pass the Celtics, but I think those top four teams are the uh, teams that will be in the top four spots in some sort of order. 
uh, for the rest of the season, Celtics and Bucks, Sixers and Cavaliers. The higher the seed, of course, the better because you'll, you know, increase your chances of getting home court for future playoff games. Uh, a top priority, though, is keeping Embiid, Harden and Maxi healthy, especially the big guy, Bill, who, you know, as you are well aware, often seems to have some sort of malady come playoff team. So keep Joel healthy, please. Yeah, well, and, and do you cut his minutes back? I mean, do, do you, your three, what did, what did you have up there? Three, yeah, three back. Three back. You know, if they end up six back, do you care? Uh, you know, and, and start yeah, giving I, I these really guys some rest. I, I would cut his minutes back a little bit. And same with Harden. I mean, Harden's not a kid anymore. So give him a little more time off and find out what these bench guys can give you. They just signed a, another backup center. They're still trying to figure out which backup center should get the most minutes. Montrez Harrell, Paul Reed, or the new guy whose name escapes me. So that's something they got to work on as well, in addition to keeping everybody healthy ahead of the playoffs. Yeah, and I did like the game the other night where they all they did play a little less minutes, and and all three of the big guys all scored in the twenty five point range. To me, that's yeah. where we've talked about this throughout the season. You know, yep. we don't need Embiid's forty as much as we need three guys with twenty five. I'm with you. I'm with you. So uh, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what D has to say next week about all of this because uh, she's got her finger on the pulse and always has lots of good insight. There you go. Hey. uh, Final final thoughts as we turn the page on the 2020 Eagles. 2022 um, Eagles, I should say. It was an exciting season, Bill, and you're going to say it's a disappointment because they didn't win the Super Bowl. Of course, that particular thing is disappointing, but it was a successful season. You know, they were supposed to win, most people thought, 10 or 11 games. If you remember, the over-under was 9.5 going into the season, according to Vegas. They went 14-3. and three. They got to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, it was a success. Very, very disappointing final game in Super Bowl Sunday. But we learned a lot of things. We learned that Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson still have it. Uh, hopefully, Johnson will be fully recovered. Hopefully, Kelsey will come back for one more season, another run of the Super Bowl. We learned, most importantly, that Jalen Hurts is a pretty darn good quarterback, Super Bowl, or uh, MVP, rather, runner-up. So that's important. But now, as we discussed with Bob, it's going to be a big challenge for Howie Roseman to get as many of those free agents back as money will allow and to really hit it on the draft this year when you got two first-round picks. So there's a lot to watch for going forward. But I, I think it was a great season, and I can't wait for next year. Yeah. Well, I'll add to it. I think uh, I, I am really disappointed. Uh, I, I think uh, they were fun. They were fun to watch. They, whenever you're winning, it's fun to watch. Um, and and they were not only winning, but they were dominating people, and they were doing it up front with those lines, which I, I love. So for that, you know, I'm really happy about, I guess, the thing that I'm disappointed with is not winning this final game because I think this is clearly, talent-wise, the best Philadelphia Eagles football team we've ever seen in, in our lifetime. Uh, to come home without the trophy to me is just very disappointing. And, uh, you know, it happens. It happens. You move on. But uh, to me, it, it's certainly disappointing to uh, to not have one with the with the talent and the team they had put together. And and then and then to, to go one step further, as we said earlier, have a 10 point halftime lead and not be able to slam the door. Yeah. Oh, well. Next year. All right. Hey, Brazil, the page is turned. The page is turned on the 2020 football yep. season. Here we go. Razz it. All right. Let's take another quick break. Thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. 
They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right, PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. And Chet, did you know in the Raz Room on Sunday, uh, they gave away a Patrick Mahomes jersey and a Jalen Hurts jersey on the same Raz? I did I did not know that, Bill, but that's pretty good. That's real good. Anything else before we uh, – any party shot for you? Anything else? Uh, a couple of things I did want to mention, Bill. Um, well, first of all – You wanted to show Raquel again, Walsh picture again, didn't you? We could post that <laughs> Raquel Walsh picture, or we could mention this legendary movie from 1972, Kansas City Bomber, that uh, I actually enjoyed, and our friend Judy Arnold was also in and uh, acted as a stunt double for Raquel Welsh. That's uh, another story for another time. We're going to have to have Judy Arnold back on the show. And in fact, we are in the next few weeks and months. So stay tuned for that. Another thing I wanted to mention, we wanted to say uh, get well soon to our pal Ken Dunnick. Ken had heart surgery last week. So he is in recovery mode, doing pretty well, coming along. So uh, get well soon, Ken. And we wanted to say happy birthday to this guy, the proper Brian Prop, celebrating a birthday today. And one other thing, Bill, you may love him, you may hate him, but Angelo Cataldi is calling it a career. Finally, this week, I think tomorrow is the last day they are celebrating him all morning at WIP. I think he's off Friday and off for good now as he moves into retirement. So, you know, a lot of people love him, a lot of people don't, but he certainly did a lot for Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio over the last 30-plus years. One kid only hope he doesn't do a Ray Diddy U-turn. <laughs> when he goes on his straight out, I hope it continues straight out. That's all I got. Uh, hey, and, can you put yeah. that Ken Dunnick picture up there? We need a couple of them jackets. Oh, I love that. I know. Isn't that great? What? Look at that. Yeah. Look I at would that. like one of those. Wouldn't you be the hit of the, hit of the party right there? Absolutely. That's going to be on my birthday and Christmas wish list this year. A yeah, you could, you could go see Fat Mez in your Eagles jacket. What do you, what do you think? In your Eagles sport coat? Yeah, I'll do it. Why not? There you go. All right, you ready to wrap it up? Wrap it up, Bill. All right, let's thank tonight's special guests, Bob Groats, Fat Mez, Dom Levy, and Billy Thoden, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance, in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, February the 22nd at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. With that, high hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. <laughs>